Meanwhile, in Wonder Man's apartment, old clone Beast is helping Wonder Man with an audition. All right, all right. Okay, feed me the first line. <clears throat> okay. I never thought you'd come. Well, that's right. I'm here. And I don't care that we're both married to other people. It's you that I love. And it's you. You're the one that turns me on. <sighs> How was that? Was that good? Okay. Yes? Yes? Is that good? I just can't help but reminisce of okay. the times you and I would lie next oh, to each other. Oh, no. Don't bring this up. jerk okay. off next right. to each nope. other. Nope. Staring into nope. each other's eyes. Do you Hank? remember those days? Hank? We made, now clearly you were cloned before you remember this, we made a blood oath to never talk about our jerk-off right. sessions. A blood oath? That yeah. sounds serious. Okay, well now, and I wouldn't do that anymore because I am a pacifist now, okay? <laughs> a pacifist? You were more like a pacifier then, the amount of times I sucked on you. Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> I'm not going to get this part. Oh, my stars and garters. Of course you are, friend. Let's take it from the top. Okay. Feed me the line. I farted. Fuck. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 299. Mm, not 290. <laughs> mm. Are you okay? I am fine. Episode 290 of Comic Book Queers Legacy. I am your host, Brett. And of course, with us, as always, is our host, Evil Jeff. Hi, Evil. What were you gobbling on cock? Why couldn't you say 290? I don't know. I think I somebody put a psychic block on me involving the number 290. <laughs> Maybe it was Charles Xavier. Oh, Maybe it no. was Emma Frost. Uh, well, we all know who's the trickster of mind games. It's not Emma Frost anymore. Xavier. It's fucking Xavier. Jesus, the tricks. He is up to some old tricks and some new tricks in Have Rise you, of the Powers of Ten. What about two. you? Are you are you up to any new tricks? Me? I have no. Just the old tricks. I am up to my old tricks, and that's about it. How about you? Yeah, I think... Um, I, uh, yeah, I basically was humiliated this past weekend. I'll tell you this little anecdote. Like sexually? No. Well, oh. maybe. No. Is that I was like, I told Joe, my fiance. We all know Joe. I want to have a boys night out by myself. Not a, doing, We've been doing a lot of couple things. We've been hanging out all the time. I need a yeah. night out alone yeah. with the boys. The so boys. I decided to treat myself to a nice dinner and I start making the calls. And here's okay. the problem. When your friends are all older, nobody wanted to go out. Nobody wanted to go out. Are we talking a weekday? No, this is Saturday night. Oh, what? come on, everybody. Nobody wanted to go out. You know what, you know what the problem is? What? L.A. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you got to drive everywhere. Please. Like oh, please. Bitch, you guys have to walk. Two subway stations in the freezing Girl, cold. I feel that would prevent people me. from It takes me. I live a block. You've been. I live in a block and a half from the subway that goes up and down this fucking island. I go. I am anywhere I need to be in. We 10 are not minutes, getting Girl. into a New York versus LA thing right now. <laughs> oh, no, but I didn't even get to the humiliating part. Wants. I didn't even get to oh, okay. the humiliating part. 
when I I was like, well, I guess I'll come home and just hang out with my fiance. I get home. He's like, oh, I went out with my friends to the bars. Oh, that is so Joe. That is such a Joe. And then he was like, do you want to come? And I was like, at this point, I was like, no, I'm humiliated. Advantage. Humiliated. Humiliation. Evil Jeff. Yes. Speaking of husband, I'm so sorry you were humiliated. But you know what? I'm actually happy for Joe. Did you see the picture of me and my husband on my Instagram page? Because it is legit the best picture of anyone you know or anyone you don't know ever taken. And I swear to God, I'm going to enter it into a photo contest because it is fire. It is like Norman Rockwell realness, but make it gay. When was Are you looking it up right now? I'm trying to. Yeah. When did you take it? Just now, girl, like yesterday from the Roxy Hotel here in Manhattan. Oh, I did see. Oh, yeah. I hearted it. Yeah. Look at this color. Yeah, it's beautiful. Look at the pull through of the blue. Yeah. Look how big the light across my look at Jeff's mustache, his bushy mustache that he has now. Do you like that? Listen, this is an adjustment. You're not ready for the mustache rides. I have been married to a clean face for a long time, but I got to tell you something. It's sexy. When that bitch. You can pretend it's someone new. You're dating someone new. I do. When he puts on a fisherman beanie with that mustache, I'm like, who's my little Brooklyn boy? Oh, yeah. It's Um, cute. We don't live in Brooklyn. (laughs) That is fun when when, when the person you're with, like that was one time Joe grew his hair out and it is like, oh, I have a new new boyfriend. I have a new husband. Hey, new boyfriend. Yeah. I remember one time I tried to, but you can't force it on someone. I remember, I think I was getting a little long in the tooth in the relationship I was in. And I was like, you know what would be really cool? If you shaved your head and if you wore these horn-rimmed glasses. And get major plastic surgery. <laughs> and, I, and suddenly he was like, I feel like you want me to look like a completely different person. And I'm like, what? Why would you say that, Bernard? <laughs> My name is George. <laughs> exactly. Wait, why did I just do like an improvised George Bernard Shaw weird <laughs> synapse thing? I know. I was, I, in my head, I was like, should I do a Shaw reference? Right? Oh, uh, hilarious. You should have. You should have tied that shit up. I know, up. but I didn't. I wasn't quick enough. Um, I'm not, I don't have my improv skills. I really would love to do some improv again because I feel I like I'd too. be very rusty. I, you uh, know what? I feel like I would be better than I've ever been because I'm over any of the like trying too hard or yeah, caring bullshit. Yeah. 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 Just like I used to care yourself. about like whether or not somebody saw me and like put me on a team and shit. Exactly. Oh my God. Speaking of teams, how about that X-Men team? How about them X-Men team? They got that cartoon coming right around the mountain, but they also have some uh, books drop in on our shelves last week. And I think we need to talk about them. Hit it. I was reading X-Men comics in a cocktail bar. That much is true. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's talk about X-Force first, because I think we should end with Rise of the Powers of X, because it kind of talks about the whole x-men universe in a way yeah it sure does x-force is just dealing with a side story which is so weird that wolverine it's basically dealing with the same p characters wolverine and x-force same characters but they're all dead in wolverine different stories and they're all alive (laughs) in x-force so it's kind of it's kind of annoying me best of both Um, worlds honestly (laughs) but basically last we left um 
Hank turned evil and kind of stole some Krakoan tech and and they need to go after him. But for some reason, Domino was like, I got an idea. Let's raise up this old clone that only sage. remembers his sage. Right, sage. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures here and I just saw Domino's face. And so I said that. Uh, let's raise it up Avengers Hank. Because Avengers Hank had morals. But he ends up escaping. They think he is, he's escaping to go join Beast, but he's not. He's going to see his former lover. Wonder Man. Wonder Simon Man. Williams, the former Avenger, the struggling actor, the rumored star of a TV show starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. We'll see. But this Simon, he hasn't been an Avenger for a while. He was evil for a while, but then he turned to pacifism. Wasn't there a point where Rogue had permanently had Absorbed his powers? Him. Yeah, when she, yeah, 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 yeah. When she was on like Uncanny Avengers, maybe? I think it was, yeah, Uncanny Avengers. I also, it was like, what why are Rogue's, in- does, does Rogue have any permanent powers right now? Yeah. She does have the, the same. She has the superhuman strength and flight. Is that still yeah. from Wonder Man? I think so, yes. Okay. All right. I think because they were like, they basically were like, okay, she doesn't have Carol's powers anymore. She's just going to be like movie Rogue. And someone else was like, mm, no, she needs to fly around and be strong. Yeah. Like Rogue. Yeah. And so Wonder Man. Um I uh yeah, I never really read the Avengers of when they were like best friends. So this was all new to me. Nor did I. I did not. I Avengers was not really part of my childhood. The Were they West Coast Avengers? No, they were Avengers Avengers. And it was when I didn't read, and also I did read West Coast Avengers, as you know, because Mockingbird had those bell sleeves. <laughs> okay, the gayest thing you've said the whole podcast. <laughs> That's what brought me to that book. That team um, was Clint, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Mockingbird, and... Moon Knight and Tigra. Moon Knight, and, Tigra. And Hank Pym. Right. But Hank Pym, when he was just Hank Pym, and he wore that jumpsuit with all the pockets and he kept all like shrunk down shit in all the pockets oh yeah that was a man who used pouches like he used them like the pouches were his power oh hank the 90s um i i uh yeah so i don't know much about him but basically he goes there being like i need your help and it seems like he he wants to stop the current beast he wants to enlighten the beast is what i'm getting right yeah, I think he wants to make the narrative around Beast like him, me, this yeah. Beast, the one that's an Avenger and best friends with Wonder Man. Like that should be the Marvel Universe Beast, right? Yeah. And so and he, the fans are like, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to go find this other Beast to talk to him. But they're like, hey, we have a track on the Beast. He's going to the other Beast to join up with them. And you're like, uh oh. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. I mean, the flaw in the plan is that you're not going to trust your secret weapon. You're not going to trust this good beast because you don't trust beast. So it is once also again, weird of X-Force what X-Force fucks it up. It is weird, though, because I will say, if you look at Avengers Beast, even if you look at the beast that came in the past, if you look at the beast who, I'll even tell you this, remember when Cyclops formed X-Force? 
And Beast was like, you're a monster. Beast was the one like, you're a fucking monster. All of this, the switch seemed to have started when Beast brought back the original X-Men. Absolutely. The act of hubris. And I feel that though it is strange of, but, but then what led to that point? What led to the point where he decided, I know better than everyone else. And in the end, my way or the highway, fuck everything else. It wasn't Grant was Morrison. The, it wasn't Grant it, Morrison. It was run. the establishment of Krakoa. But he, but what I'm saying is the roots of that, I think, were starting when he brought back the other X-Men. Oh, he was for already sure, starting. For sure. But, but like I the feel like tilt boogie was yeah. Krakoa. Yeah. And so I do wonder though, if that's always there, do you, do you, are you, whose side are you on? Sage or, or Wolverine? That it's always there. It's always going to happen. I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's always potentially there. It's always potential. Like it could, you don't know what will lead him down that path, but that path is one path that this person takes. Do you think something else could have happened to you and you would have ended up being evil? Or absolutely contrarian. Do you think something could have happened to me and I could have ended up good? No, you're wrong. My family could have loved me. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's all very interesting. All this really just leads up to them deciding to take the shot. They find beasts and they're going to blow him up, not realizing he's trying to help them and try to stop the other beast. Because the other beast is getting his hands on nukes, and he basically wants to nuke uh, Mars first? No. Yeah, he's going to, well, basically he's going to shoot a weapon, like use the nuclear weapons to shoot a weapon at Mars that will in, like crush them into a pocket dimension, like basically imprison them to keep them safe while he wipes Orcus out. And then he's like, okay, everyone, it's safe now, come out. But that's fucked up. Yeah, at at this point, it's this. It's similar to Moira, where it's very Moira coded, where the, he's now just maniacal mustache twirling villain, and I need, I still want, a, I need a little more of like what happened that made you get there. I don't care how many fucking info pages of him writing long diatribes about why he thinks he's right. I still. Don't see the jump. I know, and I know they were doing it, but I still don't see the reasoning of why he's made this jump. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's an early X Force where he just kept, it's too important. There's too much at stake. We can't afford to, you know, have morals. I know, but we can't afford to have morals. So I'm now going to make a whole entire lab filled with mutants that I'm going to torture and experiment on. Right. It's still just a very, like he's now at like Nazi level evil. But I mean, it's like you, you like you find out your friend is actually like smoking meth. Like your friend smoked meth. You're like, Oh my God, you smoked meth. And they're, and they're like, yeah. And they're like, how often do you smoke meth? And they're like, every day, <laughs> every day I've been smoking meth every day for the past two years. That, but at least and I like, understand oh the addiction God. of meth. It's almost being like, I hung out with my friend and it's like, yeah, well, you know, I kill a homeless person every night when I go home. And then you're <laughs> like, what? What? Don't you? I feel it's a bit different. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm, know. People I'm, will surprise you, including It's Hank true. McCoy. I am just, but the, it just makes the idea of redemption is like, I feel he's gone too far, and as Myra has, 
And I'm curious if they're going to do something where they're going to kill off that beast and keep this good beast because he's gone too far. Same thing with Gene. Gene blew up a whole planet, so now it just needs to be up. Gene, this other Gene was in a cocoon. She never did that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I do a side note? I'm sorry. I keep side noting. Speaking of Beast and all of this, I reread all of X Factor recently. When I went Jesus. through when I went through my run of Uncanny oh, X Men yeah, 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 going yeah. up through Inferno, oh, it was yeah. when Maddie came and it was like, Maddie, my baby's gone, Cyclops left me. I'm like, oh, this is right when X Factor began. So I started reading X Factor. Jean Grey is written, she's an idiot. Do you know how many issues that she did not know that Madeline Pryor existed and that Cyclops was not mar- was married? How many? It was like almost 30. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was like two years of her being like, why is Scott being weird? And everyone's like, oh. Wow. And then she finds out and she's all mad and they're all like, oh my God, why well, do you want to tell you? Cause you're going to act like this. It literally <gasps> was no. like that. And it was Cyclops is such a garbage person, but I do, but they made Gene, they kept talking about how Gene had no longer had um, tele- telepathy and only right. had telekinesis. And she was basically useless and and was crap and then the whole thing with beast here in this is he goes back to being hairless beast and x factor oh yeah and then right around inferno he gets the hair back um because of infectia infectia what a stupid character i just uh, this is i'm going this is tangent time Infectia was listed in the 1989 Marvel Update comics. Do you remember yes, those, Brett? I do remember, and I remember that she was listed, and I was like, oh, it's Infectia from that issue. And the reason two. I remember that is because I, after seeing Madam Web in Universal Studios, there is a comic book store. We went into the comic book store. There is a huge book, and she's their, her cover is on the cover, of the 1989 Marvel Update, a huge hardbound book of it. <gasps> Ooh, and she's on. She's one of the one characters on the hundred dollars. Brett, did you buy it? No, for a hundred dollars for ten issues of a nineteen eighty nine Marvel update, and it's just like listings. Yes, not for a hundred dollars. I felt that was like too far. Did you call a manager? Did you complain? I'm not going to be that bad. I'm not going to be that bad. All right, I took it off on too many tangents. Basically, Good Beast is about to be blown up. What's going to happen? We're done with X Force. <laughs> Do you think Benjamin Percy will make Wonder Man kill somebody? Oh, just to right, depress that, him. I want Wonder Man a, to be the new Rain Sinclair of X Force. Oh, he has to eat somebody, torture him. Wonder Man's Wonder gonna have to Man. eat evil beast. But also, you also feel like, who am I? Where it's just like, hey, you know who's more important than you? Vision. Because we based him off of you and we actually like him better. Hey, do you know we like your powers, but you know who's more important than you? Rogue. So we're going to take your powers. He is probably an empty shell of a man. Yeah, I think that's what he, why did he go evil? What were the stories where he went evil? It was like under Bendis. I think it was in Bendis's event. I don't remember, but. 
Oh, in X Force, he went evil in Uncanny X Force or Uncanny Avengers. I forget what Avengers book it was. It might have just been Avengers. Oh, I don't remember. But he was like, "I'm a nobody. I'm a joke to you." Like, yup, yep, pretty much, bitch. Should we talk about Rise of the Powers of X? Yes. Is it ten? Rise of the Powers of Ten. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it's a math. It's a math uh, pun. It is a math pun, and also I feel like these issues are somewhat close to calculus. There's just there's a lot going on in these books. There's a lot going in on in these Rise of the Powers of Ten books. I feel like they're telling us too many things and not telling us very important things. Well, okay, elaborate. Um. Just in general of, I don't know where, like, they're not showing what's happening inside the White Hot Room. Right. We haven't seen an issue of Immortal in quite a while. Like, but also Gene, they they have Gene. So they know, so, but that, if they have Gene, that means they have everybody, but then it means there's two versions of mother righteous and one is in the white hot room and one is being held captive. They revealed so much plot of the immortal X-Men line that it was like jarring. I was like, wait, did I miss? But I still don't know. But is the five there? Are they able to resurrect? Is that why these dead X-Men are back is because the five came and they resurrect them. Why don't we fucking see that shit? Show that show it. it. I know, but I'm sick of people saying plot devices when that, those are things that we could see. I would like to see them coming back and raising them up. Yeah. Like, that's what I felt was dumb about that. They started N Media Res in Dead X Men, and they needed to start with them being fucking resurrected. I don't know. I'm just, it's bothering me. They're leaving no, I, I can, yeah, it out. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start. Let's start at the beginning of this comic. Moira. So, the first issue is basically all about failing the first mission, which is um, trying to prevent Enigma from ever becoming um, the Dominion. Yes, and they feel the way to do that is, A, they go into Moira's no place because it's outside of space and time, so it's the only place the um, Dominion can't reach him. And the other way he thinks she's going to do it is by murdering baby Moira before she gets removed. That's not true, Ellen. That's not true. Okay, Dakota, what, what did I get wrong? In that what they're doing, the Moira is the plan B. Oh, what's the, the plan, plan A? A was trying to stop the ascension of Dr. Stasis. That's what all of issue one is about. Oh, right, 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 right. But then, but that, but that didn't happen. And they failed. I know. Oh, I'm just talking about now. So now they're on plan B. Well, I'm going somewhere with this. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So well, you don't have failed. to go there by pointing out that I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually talking about Are you about trying to make me look story. stupid in front of the other guests? So this is a comic book podcast. You don't think people are going to be listening going, that's not fucking right. So we have to nip that in the bud. Okay. Um, <coughs> uh, 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 so where that's going is that that weird moment where Doug starts being really nasty to Rasputin in number one, where he's like, you're supposed to be a fucking hero. You failed to prevent stasis from ascending. You know, you're the worst. I'll go tell the team. And Xavier was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (sighs) Now we know why. Because that's not, is that even Doug at all? 
or Isn't is it just at all? Or is it? It's because it has a, he has a diamond on his head, so he's been sinisterized. But is what has he? Oh, but he never. It's he, not Doug. It's it's sinister. But that my question though is. These other people, they got sinisterized when they were resurrected. Doug was sent down in Krakoa. So is he still, is the real Doug, do you think, still down in the Krakoa? I don't think so. I'm tempted to say Xavier used Doug as a vessel to get sinister into a body. But then was, but, but Doug wasn't resurrected. So I am curious of like, how is sinister in Doug's body? Again, I think Xavier used his telepathy because like Sinister was like living in Xavier's head. Oh, that's right. So you think he transferred yeah. what was in his into head and duck. put it into Doug. That is horrible. That's terrible. Exactly. That is the that's point I am terrible. <laughs> I didn't put that together. All right. That makes sense. And that's horrifying. Yeah. Okay. So number two opens with Moira. Um, we have a thing where they're talking about um, it's the thing about her just not wanting to eat. It's, it's she's enjoying her favorite meal that she was as a kid. She likes putting salt on oats and water. And that was like the last meal she'll ever. So this is like it's like her moment where like it's the last time she's ever happy every time she goes back. She relives this moment and then her powers kick in. But but what does that mean her powers kick in? It means she gets her mutant powers. But why does that change anything as a, her as a little girl? It's Well, it's the Moira that's lived nine times already going through this. But we've already seen in the past that she remembers everything in the womb. Yeah. So right. why is her awakening her powers? She still remembers everything. What's different? Well, because she's living as a normal person without any kind of problems, and then her powers kick in and all the shit starts. Well, she's not a normal person because she remembers all of her past life already. Right, but she's not a mutant in this moment. Oh, so oh, so it's just oh oh, so it's literally just like this is my last moment of not being a mutant. So now I'm all gross. What a fucking mutant phobe she is. It's her self-loathing. Okay, I get it. I get it. I feel like I'm... She stifles her self-loathing with porridge. You are like... I am... You. I told to, you I read this a second you time. You are. You have and to I read think, it a second time. You, I, well, I don't need to read it a second time because you are just going to lap me through this. Yes, but this conversation would be so much more enjoyable <laughs> if you did. <laughs> All right. I am so sorry. Let's move on. So then... Who's narrating? Oh, Enigma is narrating. And Enigma's like bouncing all over through time. Enigma's like, I exist outside of time, so I can check in on all this shit. There's Gene. Um, and they, I think they drop a clue as to like how Enigma's going to be taken down. So they flash to Gene when she's accepting the Phoenix. And the caption is, Gene Gray's skin flush as she faces her first annihilation. And the part of her that eats stars and dominions steps yeah, closer. There we go. There it there is. There we go. She's going to eat a is. dominion. She's going to eat that boy up. Mom, mom, mom. Um, he's like, then he checks in on Cyclops falling out of the plane and then flash forwards to him at his trial thinking Gene is going to save him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but where's Xavier? I can't find Xavier. I see him in the past fighting with Juggernaut as a kid. 
but I don't know where he is now. Oh, wait, there he is. So basically, Xavier is disappearing into this no place, and even Enigma can't see him in there, <laughs> which I'm like, this has been a thing for me, the whole Krakoan age. The powers of Krakoa never cease to amaze me. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Could we make a list of all the things Krakoa is capable of? Like, Krakoa can make one. a gate outside of time and space. <laughs> right. Nice. Right, nice. Krakoa can make tumors that exist outside of time and space. I wonder nice. where where does the negative zone exist in uh, with Dominions? Can they see that? I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's like a dimension, like any other, maybe? But outside but of time own, and like, space, but isn't outside of time and oh, space yeah, yeah, yeah. within your own dimension? There's so many things that are outside of, like, limbo. True, that's why I'm curious. Can the Dominion see limbo? Can the Dominion see another right. dimension? Can the Dominion see another alternate timeline? I understand they can see past and future, but I wonder if it's connected to just this I dimension. Wonder. Yeah. Curious, curious. Curious, curious fellow. Um, and then we have poor, poor, foolish, stupid Rachel. Rachel oh, Gray. Rachel. Rachel. I do love that this whole story is kind of like hinging on Rachel. I also feel like, are, is it just me? Or I don't think she's that stupid. <laughs> oh. I'm hoping that she has like, <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? I thought, I thought you meant... I didn't know if you meant you don't think she's that stupid meaning you were taking back your comment where you just called her stupid or oh. <laughs> if you were about to say that she thinks you think she's on to Xavier. I think she's on to Xavier is what I'm saying. That's what okay. I'm saying. I feel like I feel that she, I think she has to be a little on to Xavier. A little bit, right? Like her her girlfriend's Betsy Braddock for fuck's sake. These bitches don't fuck around. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, here's the reveal that like they have Mother Righteous, and I'm like, wait, Mother Righteous what? is in the White Hot Room. Yeah, and then later they'll explain she sent a mutant homunculus to the White Hot Room, which is okay. why they were like, oh, that she is like a weird little mini mutant, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they have her, and then we get to this data page where it's like, here's the mission. The target is Enigma. Um, plan one was issue one, stop it from happening, failed. So now we basically have to cruise this little tumor ship through spider sentinels in space to go outside of time and space because our Krakoan tumor is capable of that while all of like regular life is going on. And everyone has a role. Cypher, Rachel, Mother Righteous, Rasputin, Xavier, they're all the team. Yeah. All the while, the dead X-Men are trying to find the Moira. Which they did. They, were, they found a Moira. And that was in the last... Who was not a robot. And they're, when they're talking about their... Found, they're talking about that issue, right? That happened in the first issue, correct? Yeah, of dead X-Men number one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where I'm confused, though. It's like, so they're going to, like, Xavier's like, I'm going to kill this Moira from an alternate timeline. But, oh, it's her alternate timeline. Okay. I was like, how does that unravel everything? But it is, so they're basically like, they found her, like, seventh life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, so So when he's saying I'm going to delete it, I'm not even going to delete the tenth life. I'm going to delete an earlier one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's I didn't get that part. That's interesting. I like that too. So he, they're, yeah, they're like so let's go let's say they go to like 
life five, you know, they like basically cut out five and then six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But in in general, if it's all be the only thing that's different are the choices that she made. So yeah, it's all just gonna. I mean, but that's the thing is if if you kill Moira, I mean, I guess let's stop for a second and talk about. Do you think this is going to end with Moira being killed? I don't think it can. I do. But if think, but then that would mean if Moira didn't exist, then the entire previous X Men universe wouldn't exist because Moira was in it as a good guy. Like that, all of that would be gone, right? Yeah. I don't. How are, I don't think they want to rewrite something that the entire previous X Men comics no longer are canon or valid. I I I definitely don't think any sort of reset is going to be happening. But how can you kill her without resetting everything? Right. I know. I was thinking like depowered and then killed. But they need to do something so that she still lives the life that she lives until she dies. Where did that fake golem death or whatever that was like to keep the comic books history intact. Right, right. They need to have something where all of that will still happen anyway. And so I'm not, I'm very confused of how they're going to do all of this, which makes me think that she's not going to die, but maybe she'll have, maybe she'll have what ha- is happening to Beast. I think it's just interesting where we have Moira, Beast, and Xavier all turning evil. And maybe, the, and if we can see Beast have a redemption, maybe it's Moira having a redemption. Maybe she maybe. can see like, oh, look, I'm a crazy robot Nazi. I don't want that. Yeah, but I mean, the ending of this issue doesn't, maybe it does, but it, it says the opposite. It says like, she's going to get closer with Enigma. Maybe. Well, but that's our, in the end where Enigma basically speaks to Moira that's our robot Moira from now, right? Yes. I yes, think correct. the real important thing is that little that is that little girl Moira. Because they're saying in 22 in the, yeah, minutes, right. she's about to become a mutant. And when she walks off, it's like a weird kind of magical... Like when you see her walk off, how it looks kind of weird. Yeah. I think... I think wherever she's walking off to, that's right where they're coming to get her. Like that's I think you're right. That's right where, where they're coming, to, coming get to get her. Because if yep. it's 22 minutes, it has to happen before she gets her powers. They're coming yeah, right there. That's your window. So I think that other dimension Moira is going to be there. I think yep. even other Moira is going to be there. And yep. then I think Xavier's going to be there. And 1, I have a feeling she, this little girl Moira is going to see it. And someone else is, and then I, this is my guess is what I want to happen. Rachel's going to show up and save her because she knew what was going on all along or something. And I think then, and then this little girl, right. and this little girl is going to be like, I don't want to fucking be like any of these people. Right. Fuck you bitches. That's my She's guess like, of what's going to happen. Farm. But I will say, thank you so much right. for reading this over and over because I was so confused it is it's It's very dense like it's just very like we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and like this crazy science and that crazy science so here's another thing that i picked up on my second time someone's gonna die and i'm gonna tell you who it is who hope okay so look at the pages the one where she's holding the gun up to mother righteous yes okay so she's holding the gun to mother righteous this is the page where they establish that the dead x-men dazzler jubilee they were resurrected here and Mother right. Righteous and like five and Mother Righteous did it on that side. 
Um, but then the page that's silent, the page where Elixir is trying to heal the dying Gene slash Phoenix, like look at the shadow in the door and then look at the shadow coming in and Exodus looking at the shadow and then the shadow like putting their hand on Elixir, like please stop. I really think Hope is going to sacrifice herself so that the Phoenix can be reborn and the white hot room could be white and hot again. Because if you go to that next page, that beautiful page of just the the light shooting through, right. that darkness, that's the white hot room. Right. So that's Enigma coming for the white hot room. There's not much white or hot left. So they're going to have to do something to kind of like kickstart the Phoenix again. But are all Is, those other mutants still all there like destiny and all of them too yes they are so they all have to get out of there which or the phoenix will just take care of them like but you think so in that first one where everybody's looking sad it's because like gene is dying and therefore the phoenix is dying and therefore the white hot room but why do you feel that hope is going to be able to save her over because she's got such a connection to the phoenix that i think like she could be the Phoenix sacrifice that the Phoenix needs to be reborn. And if they just get rid of hope, then they can have an excuse for not having resurrection anymore. Exactly. That's probably right too. They're probably going to get rid of hope to end resurrection. And with hope goes resurrection. Yep. And then yep. until, yep. until three, four years later, they're going to, she's resurrected. <laughs> Or I, honestly, I never liked Hope, so I do not care if she's never resurrected. But I do feel that there has to be another person that can help the five resurrect somebody. For sure. I think they established Sync could do it, but um, he couldn't. Hope had that special magic that would like yeah, cure people of sinisters, you know? Yeah. So I wonder if like, I wonder if like with her resurrection truly does die. <sighs> Interesting. Oh, and because you do see, I just realized you see the hand on X. I, that's that hand. It's very like on let Exodus's, me do it. Yeah. You know? But for Exodus, all, all he's the like, body language hey, is like, let a me religion do it. needs a martyr for someone to die. So that's great. <laughs> Saying. <laughs> all right. And like all that imagery of like the Bible stuff that was in Immortal. I mean, I, I think hope is the Christ figure and hope is going to sacrifice herself. And also I feel that the Phoenix is the white hot room out of space and time. Yes. And so that means the Phoenix is. And so the thing that I Correct. like is that all of these futures that he's looking forward, he doesn't really fully see what the Phoenix is going to do. He can't see any future where the Phoenix is intervening right. because the Phoenix has not decided to intervene. The it Phoenix, works the exactly, same way as exactly. a Dominion, which exactly. is why it can eat it. Exactly. All right. I'm, I'm on board. It's, it's like, it's basically like light versus dark, you know, in the higher realm, you yeah. know, it's like d- death in a simulation, rebirth and freedom, you know, classic concepts at war with one another yet again. Oh, X-Men. Oh my God. All right. And then, yeah, so they go through all the Sentinel stuff and it's a danger, danger. And then, um, yeah, they're fighting, they're fighting. 
And then Enigma's like, hey, Moira, let's talk. Dun, dun, dun. And I see what you're saying about Rachel not being stupid. Because Xavier's like, okay, we found Moira. I'm just going to go talk her down off the ledge. Also, hey, right in front of her, we're going to have a secret telepathic um, meeting contact. And I'm going to make sure Rachel is blocked out. I'm like... You ain't... You ain't doing that to Rachel. Okay. Rachel's pretty fucking good with telepathy, so I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, Yeah. A hundred percent. And she's also the type of person, like, she's very smiley and agreeable Uh in these scenes. I'm like, bitch knows. Yeah. A bitch knows. Yeah. Because one called a Betsy and Betsy's like, girl, shut it down. Shut just shut smile it. until you have oh. to shut it down. Speaking of Betsy, heavens to Betsy. I'm mad that I did not finish reading the current story of Marvel Unlimited, X-Men Unlimited. Here's why. So it starts off with being about the Proud Star Brothers and Danny Moonstar. And then Moonstar is like, we're gonna go get the people the orcas just kidnapped back. Um, Proud Star Brothers stay here. Or maybe she takes Thunderbird. And she's like, we're going to go after them. And then she contacts Betsy. And and she's like, can you help? And Betsy's like, I can't right now. I'm being interviewed on TV (laughs) for being Captain Britain. And she's like, well, can you send transport? And so Shatterstar shows up. And he's like, I'm your transport. So then Shatterstar and Mirage are... And then Betsy shows up. So it's basically... I don't know if Mirage is there, but it's basically Betsy and Shatterstar now on a mission and who should show up who but mr richter oh shit yeah because we we haven't seen where he's been at right well this story has it's betsy richter and shatterstar taking down this whole like corner of orcus together and it's very queer coded well it's a fucking current bisexual Captain Britain and a bisexual Shatterstar and a, right. it's, this is by what I mean is it's time very, for like, the B in LGBT yeah. like not queer coded <laughs> like it's queer overt but it's yeah. very like the queers are taking on the patriarchy coded like it's very cool yeah so I gotta finish that I gotta read that yeah um, bisexual just sh- quick little shout out if you're looking for some trash extra trash TV on Peacock. There's a show called couple to thruple. (gasps) And it's a bunch of bisexual people singles. And then there's like a gay couple. Well, one cup, one guy's bisexual and then other singles where the girls are bisexual. And then they all try to get like a, a, turn their couple into a thruple. Let's go. It's trashy. It's pretty fun though. Sounds great. All right. It sounds great. And you know what else sounds great? Comics that aren't the X-Men. Especially comics written by Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, let's talk about some Jonathan Hickman comics that came out this week. Hit the music. Comic, 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 comics that I have read. There's other comics than the X-Men. But who cares, really? All right, girl, let's talk about gods. Gods. Gods feels like... Jonathan Hickman was like, I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to play over here. Yes. Also, I love his toys. Also, hey, Sandman, 
You think you can do that shit? Hey, Sandman. I'm going to do my shit. <laughs> I was reading some comments and like after reading this comment, I was like looking at comments on, on this book and people were like, guys, I think this is kind of like Marvel Sandman. And everyone's like, yeah, wake up. Like, duh. What, you, you just realized this? You're an idiot. Yeah, very true. <laughs> you idiot. That's so internet. I'm going to say something about comic books. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting that so I did read Hickman's Avengers that led to Secret Wars and the character of Black Swan who was a character um, with like ebony skin and white hair was very prominent in that book and so now here's like the kids version okay so it opens with this nurse telling these little like supernatural kids a story these little swans Oh, these women, they meet some man and then they fuck him and then they eat him. Yay. And it's magic. And the kids are like, what a great story. What did he taste like? (laughs) And then she goes to work dressed as a A traditional nurse. But it's a very like high tech, weird facility where everyone in there is a woman in a nurse uniform. And so she's interrogating this guy and basically bludgeons him. This is this nurse now. She bludgeons him. She forces him to look at a magic object. Like and some draw magic what egg. he sees. Yeah. yeah. And draw what he sees. And he writes the letters T H. And, and then gets, like, oh, interesting. And then a door opens and a bunch of like squidly arms suck him back. And eat him. Yeah. And but they're like, oh, interesting a consonant cluster instead of a single letter. That's surprising. Promising even. You know what this reminds me of, Jonathan Hickman? What? Krakoa had a character for TH. TH was one letter. Right. Are you thinking, oh, this is, you thinking this is just, did Hick, it's just a Hickman thing. Did Hickman write the Krakoan alphabet? Did he, yeah. he took the time to do that all himself? I mean, I don't know if he designed it, Nuts. But he 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 decided that a like th would be a letter. Yes, and then we cut from that to Win, who is our avatar to the powers that be, goes up to Mia Demaria, um, who is a magic person like Win, <laughs> but is that actually working for the enemies of the powers to be or the well the, the 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 people that they forged an uneasy alliance with yes the opposition um, the natural yes. order of things so it's science yeah. versus magic so this magic woman is with the science people and last issue he's like why do you why the fuck do you have her and and his uh what's his wife's ex-wife's name i go she's just kind of like hey what's up you know i have my reasons and we find out the reasons later on which are really she clipped up. her yeah she clipped her yeah. basically by by establishing a relationship with her, this science woman with, with this magic girl, she's stifling the girl's magic. And now the magicians won't have anything to do with her because she's got the stink of science on it's her. It's kind of like if you see little baby animals, you can't touch them because then the mother will smell the other and right. then just kick you out of the nest. Right. And so that's basically what happened. She does not Which find that why, out towards the end though. Yeah, that's true. We skipped ahead. When I was six years old, I went around touching every baby bird in every nest I could find. Like knowing because that? I had the pa- powers of a god to control nature. <laughs> okay. And I you know did what they say about, that. I was about to say, and that's uh, symptom number one of a sociopath. <laughs> I would never do that. 
I will say my most traumatic thing is I once found a little baby bunny and I did touch it and like moved it towards the end oh, of the grass no. so that hoping a, a mother would find it. No, but it was, it didn't matter. That day I saw, I heard the sound. My dad mowed the lawn. No. Chopped up Evil the little bunny. Jeff, no, no. Chopped why did you tell bunny. me this? Why did you tell, why did you say that into your microphone? And I was Cut like, this no. Part. It was like, Cut honey, I shrunk the kids. Part. That's yeah. what happened to you. That's why you're like the way you are. Well, I didn't see the chopping of the bunny, but apparently no, my dad was like, the noise. well, I did not hear the noise. It was like, the red wind. I, I did not hear the noise, but my dad did say, <laughs> don't go back over this area. And I was like, no. Oh, no. Um. Anyway, um. back to the story. I can't go back to this story. Not after you told me that. <laughs> Well, I didn't know my dad you was going to mow the lawn. Me. You baby birded my brain just now by touching it with that story. And now this story won't have it back. Um, anyway, when comes to... Uh, These fucking nurses. With with right? Mia. With me. Takes Mia. Uh, and yeah. he's like, you need to go in go there in because there. you're a woman. I can't go in there as a man. Um, you need to go in there and hand them this note. And basically the note is, give me back... I have, you have something that belongs to me. What's the thing that they have? Uh Uh-oh, Dimitri, his assistant. That's one of the powers of the, the powers that be? No, the natural natural order order of things. things. And he is up to something, which I did not appreciate until I read the synopsis, like the the little blurb leading into the story, where it's like, you know, here's what you missed. The last sentence was like, and Dimitri has been leaving mysterious objects everywhere. I'm like, he has? Yeah. And he wanted to leave an object with these nurses. I think it was the object that the last uh, cube monster, I can't remember their names, uh, had. It looked like it was that one. Oh, yeah. The proto-mage. Yeah. Yes. So I also just find it interesting that as of right now, we have... Um, for the powers that be, we have a magician, Win, whose assistant is a scientist, natural of order of things. And then we have Keiko, who's part of the natural order of things, and her assistant is a powers that be magician. I think all of this is very interesting. Yeah, it's part of that uneasy alliance. It's like, okay, it's like a, it's like a work trade program. Yeah, but <laughs> the other thing weird. that's interesting is he's kind of like, hey, I want you to help me with this thing. And can what can you do? And she's like, look, I learned how to be invisible. And he's like, we also can make a magic weapon. Look, I can make this little dagger. She makes this big ass fucking. That was really comedic. I loved that thing. scene. And he where was like, total, a dagger. Yeah. total uh, penis envy. And he says the weapon reflects who you are. Yeah. And so then he's like, my little dagger. And she's got this giant glaive. Yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, they're able to um, get him back. Um, They're able to get Dimitri back. And Mia is like, listen, here's the deal. You give him back to me and I will help you reveal solve the this message that you're getting a one letter at a time. And then she's like, oh, OK, it's not done yet. I can't dec- I can't decode the message. I can't reveal it. But I can tell you there are 64 characters left and they're like, Oh my God, thank you. Cause they didn't know when the shit was going to end getting these letters via these violent ways. 
Yeah, but it also means he's like, okay, go kill 62 more men because each letter is another man. Right. So he's like, go kill those other 62 men and have fun. (laughs) And have fun. And then their true form is revealed. They're all these like, they're not nurses. They're these horrible extra dimensional creatures. Yeah. And then thank you. And it ends with when saying you've been clipped because she's like, I love this. I want to be with you. And he's like, sorry, bitch. You're never going to be with me. So that's going to be real fun in the next issue when she goes back to the natural order of things and fucking confronts them. The next issue has Ico on the cover and it seems to be a story about something she did. So it's going to pick up on this action she took against this little magician. Yeah. It's great. It's a good book. We also are diving into the only comic that's digging into the ultimate universe right now. Black Panther, I believe is coming out and then Unless it might have just come out. I think it did just oh, come out. Oh, it did just yeah. come out. And then mm-hmm. X-Men are coming out um, next month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're living in a world where the I- Iron Man here is trying to right some wrongs. And he basically gave yeah. old Peter Parker the spider, being like, this was supposed to happen to you as a teenager. You're supposed to be one of the greatest superheroes. It's up to you what you want to do. And he decides to get bit. And so now here he is like in his forties or late thirties, forties trying to be to learn how to be Spider-Man with a wife and two kids. Yeah. Like, and not knowing how to swing. Yeah. Does he even have web fluid? They don't go over into how they're not talking about where his webs are coming from. Yeah. And his his suit is weird too, in that like it dissolves and like reforms. Yes. And also the weird thing here is because he seems to only be a journalist. He does not seem to be a scientist at all. Yeah, he's like a like a photographer. And so if he's not a scientist, how is he making these? Unless did did Iron Man maybe Iron Man gave it to him just like in the MCU? But you know Maybe. I'm just going to suspend my disbelief and assume that it will be um revealed at some point and then we cut to the russian turkish baths where we have old homosexual couple ben parker and j jonah jameson you know what I wish? enjoying a steam together i wish there was like when you panned out there was just the two guys jerk. no no just two guys yeah but two guys were like oh, jerking them off on the next side to them. <laughs> can you guys keep quiet in the corner there sorry and basically they're seeing that oh this spider-man thing is really just a distraction because there's someone else. The real story is someone else is able to break into Kingpin's private buildings, and, and it's the Green Goblin. Yeah, and they're like, "That's the real story. That's the scoop." But have we haven't seen that much of like what's going on with the Green Goblin? Have we? In this I, I don't think we have. No. Like, is this Green Goblin the like the William Defoe or James Franco? Is it James Franco? I think I'm it's James Franco. Okay, yeah, me too. I'm not sure. But then Peter comes home and his weird mask dissolves off so he can eat. And then all of a sudden, his stupid little daughter, May, she can't sleep. She goes into the living room. She sees the Spider-Man from the newspaper cover that she's afraid of and starts to cry. And he's like, no, it's daddy. I'm daddy. I'm the scary spider. I'm daddy. And then he's like, how about this be you, this be you and my little secret? And that's triggering for me. 
<gasps> I don't like it oh, whenever. Yeah. I don't like it whenever one parent is telling yeah, the child, skeeting. keep this a secret. It's very groomy oh, it's, and yeah, weird. It and, and just fucking tell your wife, just yeah. fucking tell your wife, bitch. And yeah. so, but, so, but, but, but then again, this is what's making it juicy is this is not going to go down well. Cause he, now that he's we lied, we trouble. already know, we already know that Mary Jane's going to fucking lose her shit. Cause she's, she's going to lose her shit. She's going to find out not under his volition. You know what I mean? He's not going oh, to tell yeah. her she's going to find out she's going to flip her lid. She's going to maybe want a divorce or something like it's going to be all drama. A lot of drama. I will say his fight scenes with the shocker are a little hilarious. Yeah. Hickman writes good Spider-Man fight yeah, banter. Because the shocker keeps being like, no, wait, like my mom has cancer. And he's like, oh my God, really? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. And you can see like his black costume is too scary. So he'll, he'll embrace a red and a blue costume yeah, for his daughter. Yeah, because she's going to design it for him. Yeah, cute. It's cute. I like it. I'm very much also, the thing for me is they establish such an interesting plot of what this ultimate universe the delayed is. universe, yeah. But now they're like, and now here's Spider-Man, and now here's this, and then we'll have X-Men. And, yeah, and, and they're like, not getting to any of the real nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, so, I feel the real nitty-gritty stuff would be the ultimate Avengers. The ultimates. Agreed. And so, I'm, and, but I don't see any things of when that's ever going to come out. So it is interesting how they're just kind of delaying all of this. Maybe it's a, I would say like maybe it's a slow build, but not really. You don't have any Avengers characters even in books. Yeah. Except Tony. Yeah. Tony Baloney. Um, well, those comic books, they'll put you through it. And you know what else does? Supernatural movies. Especially adorable animated ones. We're going to take it. We usually don't talk about kids movies but this one i'm going to because i want to brag because one of the storyboard artists on this latest netflix feature is my one and only fiance joe bernados i saw his name it's like his name comes up pretty quickly yeah when the like the traditional closing credits start like he's one of the first ones i was like oh my god i think it's because it's alphabetical order but you know take a win <laughs> well i mean the storyboard artists like yeah. they're like oh, that's yeah. like the first section oh, yeah. of the story artists. i mean the yeah. storyboard artists are the dps they're the ones yeah. that are establishing yeah. the shots yeah anyway, anyway let's talk about it it's called orion in the dark you can watch it on netflix um it's uh was originally it's it's been rewritten but it was it's written by uh charlie kaufman yeah, so I, that's which what blew I found. My mind. Yeah, which I found, which does this has a very different feel to it. I think a lot of children's stories tend to be very. This one, and I know it's called Orion in the Dark. This one's a little darker. It's about a severely anxious, depressed child who basically is is always believes he's about to die. It's a very uh, dark. Me setup. as a kid. I know me too. It's very like, Oh, they're going there of like, it opens with him just talking about all the ways he he's everything he's afraid of, how he's afraid he's going to be bullied, how he's afraid he's going to die. It's pretty fucking dark. I was afraid of everything when I was a kid, like everything it ruled my behavior, fear yeah. in general. And so like when this movie started, I was like, Oh wow, this takes me back. <laughs> 
Yeah, and um, Orion's voiced by Jacob Tremblay, who is the my kid arch from nemesis. The room. I was so mad you made me watch a fucking Jack and Jacob Tremblay movie. Why is he our arch nemesis? Because I, I decided he is. He's a child. I've badmouthed him before. But did he do something? Was he in something no, you hated? No, it's because he's so, like, like not liking Jacob Tremblay is such like a horrible like. Who would not like Jacob Tremblay? That's why I'm doing it. You're my 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 friend. When Haley Steinfeld got nominated for an Oscar for True Grit, he was just like, "What is this? The kids show? Fuck that bitch!" <laughs> oh and my I God. was like, "I was just what the fuck did about, she ever do?" <laughs> I was ranting about Anna Paquin's win like two nights ago to my husband, and he was like, "Shut up!" Wait, were you mad about that? Yeah, I was like, she was a little, she can't even act now. You think she was better when she was seven? I disagree. I thought she was really amazing in the piano. I love the piano. But I do feel it was more of a fuck you to Winona Ryder than oh. let's give it to Anna Paquin. Because Winona Ryder, she won, Winona Ryder won everything and then didn't win the Oscar. Ugh. Um. Anyway, Orion in the Dark. Uh, visually a mess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Every shot, the way it was composed didn't make sense. Shut up. You're like the storyboarding <laughs> trash. Storyboarding <laughs> trash. Rest of it. Great. Um, you know, I am not, I've said this before in this show. I'm not a Pixar guy. I'm not a Pixar gay. I'm not a Disney gay. I don't enjoy these animated films Why that follow these I, formulas. I do, I do find it strange of like, isn't it weird? But you can watch the, the, the same watch- cheesy formulas are in the MCU. Absolutely. A million other things. Why is I don't it- know why. I don't know why. <laughs> so I, I just I just like the vibe. I'm just like, oh, I don't like it. But this I liked the I'm gonna say it was the Charlie Kaufmanness. That's of what it, I it just feel got really too. I, I meta. It, it got really meta and it got really dark and it was trying to it started and to aware of itself. And it was flipping the idea of these types of movies on its head. Because the movie becomes Oh, it's now I'm a grown up telling the story to my daughter. It's Princess Bride. Yeah, but then the daughter's like, "This isn't working," so he starts changing the story, and then she you see the changing. daughter telling the grandkid the story, and then they're like, "This isn't working." It just becomes very. It's more about yeah. how stories like this, you know, are like help tether us to our loved ones, and you know, it's just it. This story didn't matter. It was more that the family was going in on the story together and like helping one another through fear in exactly. that way that I thought was actually really smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it is interesting because Joe told me he read the original script and the original script was not for children at all. Oh, wow. And it was a little too dark. And so nobody would picked it up. And then I think Charlie Kaufman or maybe not him, but, or maybe the producers bought the rights to it. And I think they were like, we need to kidify this for this to sell. Yeah. So I yeah. am I curious of like what that, I'm curious of what he thinks of it now. And I'm curious of like what the really dark version would be. Yeah. I'm because basically the plot too. of this is a kid who's most afraid of the dark, the entity, the dark takes him around the world um, as he makes everything dark. But the entity of the dark is a very like, it's not Seth Rogen, but it might as well be. It's the guy who just won the Emmy for Paul Walter Hauser. Oh, from uh, Blackbird? Yes. Yeah. But it definitely was supposed to be Seth Rogen because Paul Walter Hauser is doing a Seth Rogen impression. A hundred percent. 
But the other thing that I found interesting, the other dark stuff was like, not only was there dark, but there was also like sleep, the character that puts everyone to sleep. But this character would put people to sleep by putting an imaginary pillow over their head and suffocating them into sleep, (laughs) taking like imaginary chloroform and knocking them out. It was just, there was just these very- Using a hammer. Yeah, there was these very adult touches that I was like, what? This is- The character of insomnia. Oh, yeah. You're going to That was very adult. Of the kid that like keeps you awake. With all of your this entity thoughts. that whispers your thoughts into your ear <laughs> to keep you awake. Oh, and that's Under what those. I will say is like if you are someone like Brett who's like I hate these little goody goody feel good movies. I feel this one subverts it, and that you should give it a chance because it's different. It does. Like it really, it just shows you that stories are subjective and like it's more the act of telling them. And there was just a lot of really smart things this movie had to say about storytelling and its role in like family. And I loved it. I didn't love the movie. I loved that aspect. I love that. It just decided to like, let go of its linear literalness Yes, and become this other thing. That was a really cool move. Yeah. So please watch my, but it, it was gorgeous too, because it uses, it uses different animations. You know, it's not just the oh, yeah. 3D animation of the main plot, but there's a lot of like 2D animation cutaways yeah. as well, which were really cool. Yes. Anyway. So. Orion in the Dark. Watch, watch it. it. Watch it. Yeah. Watch it. Um, Real quick. Drag Race. Catch up. Snatch Game. Snatch Game. Disappointing. Well, my thing is... It was mid. The whole thing. Plain Jane too. Oh, I thought Plain Jane did great. What are you talking about? I think she did great, but it wasn't like a hilarious character. Oh, I thought... I disagree. I I thought thought she like ably improvised and she hit bits and her timing was good and she was confident. So everything you're describing is a great performance. (laughs) But I just... It was like like good technical improv. No, I feel more that way. I felt (laughs) Safira was doing a poorer version of when Kennedy Davenport did Little Richard. I agree. And it was the wrong direction to take James Brown. It, it, uh, the James, you need cokehead James Brown. You need cokehead. You need. Here we go. Yeah. Like, like I thought Zafira actually was really bad. Like I'm great. <laughs> it was great. She was confident and playful. Great. But like the actual bit you were doing was not good. Yes. I will also say. People were like, Amelia Earhart was good. No. No, it was not. It was There was nothing there. Terrible. It was there was horrible. no point of view. It was None terrible. of them had a point of view, which is what I hated. Like, Plain Jane was the only one who had a point of view, and so she shined. Yes. None of them had a point of view. None of their characters had a point of view about anything. And here's another thing. horrible. Um, that was Hello, Dolly, not Patti LuPone. Plasma. Oh, absolutely. There was was Patty LuPone. Zero Patty LuPone. Hi, I'm Patty LuPone because I am Patty LuPone. Patty LuPone does not talk in a mid Atlantic accent ever. Not even in a role she did. No, the way you make Patty LuPone funny is like you You hate correct everyone's behavior. Yeah. Because that's not how you behave in a theater. Like that's the Yeah. Yeah. It's, there was another one too. It was like no, the way the the way you make that funny, and I can't remember what it, what it was. But Megan McCain. Like it was. There was so, like yeah, that was another one that stunk and was nothing. Like just fun. Like nobody found their game. But none for me, them. not I, even Plain Jane. I disagree. I feel Plain Jane did very well, 
And I, it's not as bad as the the Lala Perusa one where everybody sucked. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm fine when it's I'm fine as long as there's one good person, which I still feel plain Jane was good, I'm fine with it. Okay. Last year had fucking the Tim Gunn and the Joan Rivers was so good. Oh, Lucy, yeah. Lucy LaDuca and, uh, and Marsha 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 were yeah, really good. That was good. Um, yeah. It's also just amazing that these people don't have jokes prepared. They don't amazing. They don't have a point of view. It's literally like, what's your point of view? What's your bit? What, what is your game? It's like, like go to get, ask someone who does improv to help you out for like three seconds. You three have seconds. to have like they call it a shtick. Like you have to. It's like what is the little? What are the rules of your character? Like you could have found a great rule for Jane Goodall. Also, I'm getting oh, worried. Jane for, Goodall. This is yeah. You oh, could have just like you could have just again corrected everyone's behavior to be like don't do that in front of the monkey like yeah that, that'll that'll make a throat like that'll make a throat's poop like it'll it'll attack your or face throw some that, poop it's so easy she or needed to poop. have she needed to put the edge on jane goodall and she just literally was like everybody recycle and i'm like huh what, what? like she was doing it like it was almost as if like when season two, they all like half the people were like was the first snatch game, and half the people were like, "Why are you being you funny? Get it. Why are you being funny? I'm I'm trying to revere pink. Like Morgan McMichael's is like right. pink isn't funny. I'm trying it's to like be pink. It's like yeah. no, we're not saying who dressed the best, dummies. It right. was crazy town. Um, yeah, and also this banana thing. Nymphia needs to let it go. Needs to show that she's like you're more you're much more impressive than bananas right like you don't need to be like banana like it's like make make fashion your thing exactly and it's also like some of the most impressive fashion things were not the bananas it was the ties it's the other stuff i think she's like relying on i need a brand and my brand is a banana and i'm like that's not really how that works so i'm really scared for her because she's my favorite and i'm scared she's like falling but she's not savvy down the line in the game she's not savvy yeah (sighs) Yeah. Oh my God. I'm very attracted to Nymphia as well. Nymphia is gorgeous as a boy. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawn. Dawn has this little goblin like grimace that I cannot abide. Yeah. And also, Dawn is like shitty. Dawn is the meanest. They say Plain Jane is pretty shitty. Dawn is the meanest. Yeah. At least Plain Jane, like her, there's there's a shtick to her meanness. Like she's doing it so in your face I, it's so in your face and it's Dawn is also like a little giggling and you know goblin. what it is it's this russianness she's a yes, russian where yes. it's like and i just explains all girl of i just say everything what i feel to your face you're never for one second getting something to face dawn will smile to your face and then go around the corner and talk shit yeah, in like the, roll, in the that, roll her eyes behind your back yeah exactly and that is meaner but um but hey, it's good TV. It's good TV. It's good TV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. All right. Drag Race. Watch. Drag it. Race. We did it. Wave the flag. It's over. It's done. It's done. Thank you so much, listener, for listening once again. And uh, and second listener, um, <laughs> we love you too. <laughs> we love you too, but you're kind of getting annoying. um you know what i was reading a comic the other day brett oh 
And I suddenly started salivating for cock. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, really? And do you know why I think that is? No, why? Yes. I why? think that if you read comics, <laughs> yeah. well, then that makes you <gasps> queer. queer. Bye. 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 Bye.